Welcome to another Monday edition of Second City Sports Live and in Living Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, <laughs> along with Miss Lakini McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Yes, haters, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's the Apple iTunes Store, Amazon, or Google Play. Make sure that app says Sports Zone Chicago because you can watch any of our live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you missed it, that's okay. You can go back and watch and listen to the archives of our live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, follow Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, by subscribing to War or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio app. Make sure you comment, give us five stars, rate it, and review. And mm-hmm. on those podcast platforms, make sure you type in, in your search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. Speaking of War Media, you can follow those guys on all social media platforms as well. There's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at WARR Media. Once again, at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. <laughs> like, Kina, uh, when you miss something, do you long for something that's um, more attainable, something that you wish that you never had, or something that you had, but you don't miss it until it's gone? Sometimes, yeah. What's up? What's up? It's the Chicago Bears. I'm sure as hell didn't miss them. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, not at all. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, the three and six record, I don't miss that part. What I miss is them being a competent team. Uh, usually, I don't like for people to be like everybody else. But in this instance, if you're going to do it, do it better than everybody else. That's something the Bears are, are not doing. But Mm-hmm. We'll leave the Bears alone to our next episode. Yesterday, I got a chance to watch some uh, very good football. Some We had a couple of surprises again. We'll review all the games from yesterday coming up in just a second. And a shout-out to our good buddy uh, Armando. What's up, Armando? He says uh, good afternoon. And good afternoon to you and to all of our listeners and viewers as you uh, listen to us right here on Sports Zone Chicago. If you, if you have a question or a comment for us during uh, any of our topics during today's show, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. The king will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to do something stupid or decide to troll, the king will give you the boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love saying that. Now, mm-hmm. uh, getting back to yesterday, Lakina, uh, it was interesting to see uh, a couple more upsets, a couple more surprises. But uh, it, all in all, I actually enjoyed myself yesterday. It wasn't the greatest Sunday, but it wasn't terrible either. Now, the last couple weeks, uh, we've seen some uh, surprising upsets. We didn't have as many yesterday, but it was still overall some good action. We're going to break it down uh, for you guys coming up. Should be a lot of fun as usual. So what caught your eye this weekend in the NFL? Like you said, there was some definitely some a uh, couple of big upsets here and there. So, but what really caught caught your eye? Uh, uh, the Cowboys, the way they destroyed the Falcons, will break down that game coming up in a minute. Uh, uh, the Falcons uh, failed to show up again on the road. Uh, the Titans and the Saints, it was a slugfest. I know you love those type of slugfests. Lakina, I thought of you yesterday. <laughs> um, 
let me make a make, let me make a confession here before we get started. Huh? I was real close to putting down my first professional bet, ah. and I kicked myself in the pants yesterday. You know why? Why? If you listen to our Friday show with our girl Christine Manica, who comes on with us to pick uh, NFL games for the week. I told you guys that uh, she's had Jacksonville uh, outright upsetting Indianapolis. That almost came to pass. We'll review that game in just a moment. But I did say, I remember saying that uh, that Jacksonville could cover. And also Detroit, and of course, there was news that came out late Saturday night that mm -hmm. Ben Roethlisberger tested positive for COVID. And that line moved, uh, not uh, swiftly, but it moved down a few points. And I said, Detroit, and I, I really seriously thought that Detroit was uh, was going to cover, in which they did. And we'll get into results of that in a minute. But I, I said, I knew two things for sure. Detroit was going to cover, which happened. And the Jacksonville Jaguars covered, which happened as well. I said, damn it. I couldn't <laughs> place a professional bid in, in time. So I said, I had to wait until later. To, to put put down my first professional bet, I say if I and I if I put some money down on both those things happen, I would have won some money yesterday. <laughs> You're kicking yourself right now, Sid. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just like, that's my that's my uh, um, confession before we uh, get started. Oh boy. Uh, well, I mean, look, I, I think look all the weird. That's usually these are the type of things that are the reason why I don't bet because I I kind of feel like I probably would chicken out. I mean, I do a couple mm -hmm. parlays here and there, but I don't usually right, like, right. like you know but out you know come out and really like say oh well you know I'll, I'll do a bet. But parlays, you know, I didn't do very well in my parlays yesterday. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, it, it it is what it is though. But uh, yeah, let's get right to it and talk about uh this week ten some of this week ten action. Um, starting with the uh, the Cowboys with a nice bounce back win, a really nice bounce back win against the Atlanta Falcons, forty two to three. Dak Prescott, you know, two two hundred ninety six yards, two touchdowns. Zeke Elliott had two touchdown runs, and you know it was really their their defense that kind of you know sort of set the tone early in the game. They had you know they they sacked Matt Ryan, I believe three times, two or three times. So, but that you know, but the Atlanta just real just, just they just couldn't get anything going on offense. Yeah, Matt Ryan turned the ball over again twice, and uh, their running game was non-existent. Uh, of course, Matt Ryan put up a big fat zero for me on my fantasy team yesterday, so boo to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but re regardless, uh, the Dallas Cowboys had a block punt, which turned into a touchdown, which, mm -hmm. which, which was part of a 29-point uh, second quarter, which basically put that game away. For what I understood, uh, most of the nation got a chance to see this game, mm -hmm. uh, including folks here in Chicago. Uh, from what I understood, you guys were flexed out of that game. They went to the Tampa Bay-Washington game. We'll yeah. get to that in just a moment. But uh, the Cowboys, uh, as we said on Friday, uh, they're back. Um, Dak Price Prescott didn't have to do too much. Ezekiel Elliott uh, was effective. He scored a couple of times. C.D. Lamb. He did well for my fantasy team, thank goodness. Six <laughs> catches, 94 yards, and two scores. So uh, Dallas has a tough game coming up on the road next week at Kansas City. We'll get to the Chiefs in a minute. But Dallas uh, had to get that out of their system, especially after what happened to them last week against it Denver. Yeah, they definitely needed a, a game like this. And, you know, I think that, that's what you do if you if you want to uh... – you know, you know, come, you know, come back after losing that game. But yeah, you know what? It's look. I think if you'll take the win, if you're Dallas, just hammering them very easily. And you know, look, the Cowboys. Like you said that block punt. I think kind of set the tone. You know, 29, 29 points. You know, unanswered in the second quarter. So that sort of you know put the game away. And it just a, it was just 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 a, a 
terrible game if you're an Atlanta fan. So, you know, it, it's it's cool. Now, the next game we'll have uh, come uh, coming out here is a uh, game that was a little bit closer than a lot of people thought. It, Indy and uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Jack, uh, Indy uh, hung on 23-17 against the Jaguars. Uh, Carson Wentz, you know, didn't make any big mistakes. You know, 180 yards, you know, no touchdowns. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan Taylor rushed together for another 100-plus yards, 116 to be exact, and a touchdown. And, you know, it was just, again, it was an ugly game, but you know what, though? You'll take the win if you're the Colts. You're 5-5 five and five now. Yeah, as I said on Friday, it was going to be an ugly game, uh, and, and and they won by six. That's what we expect. I said on Friday when uh, I announced that the spread was 10 points, I said Indianapolis is is better than Jacksonville, but not 10 points better. Uh, that Robinson kid who runs the ball for Jacksonville, he's going to be very good. Trevor Lawrence wasn't too bad, but uh, that defense for Jacksonville settled down after giving up uh, 10 first quarter points. And so I did check out uh, 17 first quarter points, rather. I did check out some of that game for a couple of minutes. So Jacksonville, maybe they starting to turn it around here a little bit under Urban Meyer. Will it be a playoff berth? No, because they don't have the talent. But uh, it, it was really more about Indianapolis yesterday uh they barely escaped with the win and uh, and also too um give let's give props to michael Pittman jr for indianapolis yeah. uh, he had five catches for 71 yards so he really made carson wentz look good in the ugly performance well look it's look it's, it's good to have uh, those kind of performances to kind of pick up the slack for you mm -hmm. um they they slacked trevor you know, the defense uh, sacked trevor lawrence three times and i think you know they forced a fumble you know that kind mm -hmm. of put the game away game away from the colts so Look, you'll take it. You're back at 500. I mean, you're kind of right there, like in the edge in the AFC wild card chase. So it'll be, it should be interesting the rest of the way. Now, another game, um, you know, I don't think people saw this score coming. Uh, New England uh, just hammered the Browns. Now, granted, remember the Browns did not have neither Kareem Hunt nor Nick Chubb. So mm -hmm. that, you know, that kind of played a part as well. Matt Jones had three touchdown passes. Um, Ramondre Stevenson had 100 yards and rushing yards and two touchdown runs. So, look, people are already saying that the Patriots are now the they're the best team in the AFC. Uh, let let's slow down, folks. I mean, let, let's slow down on that. Are they playing better? Yes, but to say that they're mm -hmm. oh well, they're now the, the best team in the AFC. Let let let's slow your roll, folks. Yeah, it was all about the Patriots' defense yesterday. Of course, Cleveland couldn't get anything going after scoring the opening touchdown of the game. Uh, Bill Belichick, or as we call Bill Belichick on this program, uh, those uh, those mm -hmm. defensive linemen for sure are very active, and and they got after it yesterday, knocking Baker Mayfield out of the game. <clears throat> Excuse me, with the knee injury, he, uh, Baker Mayfield is day to day with that knee. Uh, like you mentioned, Cleveland was missing both of their running backs. They couldn't get anything going offensively after the first quarter. And the Patriots, <coughs> excuse me, they're not a, a superstar team like they were under Tom Brady. They never were outside of Tom Brady, but. They just have mm -hmm. a bunch of guys that know their role and, and they go out there and make plays. And that's what we saw yesterday. Uh, also, Jacoby Myers um, um, scored his first NFL touchdown. So congratulations to him. And also to um, uh, Kevin Bourne had uh, four catches for 98 yards in the score. Kendrick Bourne, I should say, he had four catches, 98 yards in the score. So New England um, took care of business in uh, uh, against uh, an injury-riddled team yesterday. Are Have they been playing the best over the last month? Yes. Are they the best team in the AFC? No. I agree with you on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, look. I mean, Mac Jones has played better, and he he looks good. And and look, like they, look their defense has been pretty solid, but I think for to say that, oh, well, it's the first, you know, 
you know, they're the best team in the AFC. I'm already seeing people still see saying people they have they haven't played Buffalo yet. So let, let, let's let's let them win the AFC East first. Let, let's let's slow down on that. And speaking of those Buffalo Bills, Buffalo, speaking of bounce back wins, a, a nice bounce back win against the Jets, 45-17. Josh Allen threw for 366 yards and two touchdowns. He also had a he also, you know, it was actually a running game, you know, Singletary, Matt Breida, Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah McKenzie each had a, touch, a rushing touchdown. Um, they intercepted uh, the defense, intercepted Mike White four times. Where was this last week? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Buffalo. Really? Yeah, if you're a Bills fan, where was this last week, as you mentioned? But uh, the Bills jumped on on the Jets early, scoring 17 first-half points. And, then, of course, they exploded coming out of the locker room at, after halftime and scoring 21 unanswered points in the third quarter. I uh, Buffalo is back, but I want to see them do this on a consistent basis as we get uh, later into the season. Uh, it was nice also to see Stefan Diggs show up with eight catches, yeah. 162 yards and a score. So unlike last week, the Bills did what they had to do and being up a lesser opponent. Doing what you're supposed to do against mm-hmm. a lesser opponent. You know, you were supposed to hammer them. Now, next game up on the NFL Week 10 slate, if I could get it up there. There we go. Uh, probably the worst game or probably the best game, depending on how you look at it. The Lions and uh, the Steelers, <laughs> of course, you know, you know, big Mason Rudolph had to start because, you know, Big Ben tested positive for COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Rudolph had a touchdown pass and an interception. Jared Goff was, you know, was okay, 114 yards. Um it, it was just a it was just an ugly game, especially those last few minutes. There were fumbles, there was interceptions. It was just uh, I I don't <laughs> you know that no one deserved to win that game. You saw my tweets said <laughs> nobody deserved to win that game. So you know they're the Steelers are now five three and one, and look at least the the, uh, the Lions you know won't go winless. So. <laughs> I did watch. I did watch the majority <laughs> of this game uh, yesterday live via Macaputa, and the Lions actually had a shot uh, in winning this game. Now, they actually, their uh, the weather played a, a huge factor into yeah. it, especially during the second half. DeAndre Swift had thirty three carries for one hundred thirty yards for the Detroit. I know I forgot their backup running back scored a touchdown coming out of the locker room in the third quarter, and you thought that the Lions may have something here. But they just don't have enough playmakers on both sides of the ball to make plays. Deontay Johnson on the, on the flip side for Pittsburgh has seven catches for 83 yards. Uh, they fumbled that ball away in overtime, literally, that would have <laughs> gave, them, gave them the win. But both teams couldn't uh, get out of their own way, mostly Detroit. Like, uh, like I said, it was an interesting, entertaining game to watch. I'm not going to say it's a instant classic or anything like that it was <laughs> fun entertaining like you uh, like we mentioned for uh, fumbling the ball um um jared golf not uh missing a wide open receivers yeah. Pittsburgh wasn't that great but they had both teams had their chances but they just couldn't pull through <sighs> just uh it was just, just <laughs> yeah you know, really there's nothing really you can say at this point for for them but uh you know like you said like i said before it is what it is but uh yeah so that <laughs> 16-16 tie. I think this is the first tie. I think in like six or seven years in the NFL. So mm-hmm. you know, you look that 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 that, that tie could actually help Pittsburgh in the AFC North. So you know, you never know. Uh, speaking of that, uh, another really good game: uh, Tennessee and mm-hmm. New Orleans. Um, you know, the Titans held off the Saints twenty three twenty one. 
Uh, Ryan Tannehill had a touchdown pass, you know, through for 213 yards. You know, just it wasn't, you know, not not their best performance, but you'll take it. There was actually a a, a phantom uh, roughing the passer penalty. We talked about it, uh, with with Sean and Jason uh, uh, in the uh, you know prior to our show, and mm-hmm. you know, Simeon Simeon looked, did his, was solid. You know, 298 yards and two touchdown passes, but it was like I said, it was actually the defense. And look, you know, look, not a pretty, uh, not a very pretty game, but. You know, the Titans, you'll take it. They've now won six in a row, and they've won five of their last six against playoff teams. So, you know, they made the playoffs last year. So, the, just a, a solid, very solid performance. And they're eight and two. They have the best record in the AFC right now. Yeah, give the Titans head coach Mike Vrabel credit. Uh, as we talked about on Friday, Lakina, he's a player's coach, and he knows what to do to get the most out of his guys. So that he comes from that yeah. Bill Belichick tree. Uh, he played for uh, for Bill Belichick back in the day in, in his uh, uh, Patriots days, twenty plus years ago. So uh, the Titans don't have any sexy names outside of Derrick Henry and Julio Jones, who's been MIA for them all year with injuries. But uh, you have guys there that know their roles. They know what to do. They them and the Patriots are similar in philosophy. So uh, they uh, grinded it out yesterday. Uh, Tannehill, we know that he could put up big numbers when he wants to, but that's that's not the design, the design, the design of this offense. It's all about running the football. They, um, they did enough just to survive. But let's go back to the other side for a minute, Lakina. New Orleans, uh, the passing game was hot, but their running game was not. Mark Ingram, who just was acquired yeah. from Houston, uh, a couple of weeks ago, 14 carries, 47 yards. He did run it in for a touchdown, but uh, their running game is concerning to me. Uh, um, Alva Kamara uh, did not play yesterday, so you give him a sort of a pass for that, but it's just that they really couldn't get the running game going. Their defense, uh, to me, was MIA yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, yeah, they were, and and look, I think you'll, you'll take this kind of win. I mean, look, this is sort of the type of Type of game that uh, if you're Mike Vrabel, you'll you'll take it. Like you got, like I said, you got the best get best uh, record in the AFC right now. You're at eight and two, so <laughs> you know you're you're first place in your division. You're you got you're the number one seed right now. So uh, again, you know if you're the Saints, you know you're kicking yourselves because you had a lot of uh, missed opportunities. So you know it, it's just just unfortunate for if you're a Saints fan. Uh, another game that was probably one of the one of the upsets of the of the day in the nfl uh washington the washington football team they upset the tampa bay buccaneers who were were coming off a bye taylor heineke had 256 yards and a touchdown pass um but it was actually their defense you know they the defense intercepted tom brady two twice but unfortunately they lost chase young so it was official that you know he has a torn acl so he's done for the year but you know they're three and six and look if you're uh, if you're the bucks should you be panicking in a way, you should be panicking because Tom Brady. We know he had. I'm not gonna say he has the 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 zips, but the yips, I should say. But uh, give Jack Del Rio, the Washington football team defensive coordinator, credit. He figured out what what Brady can do, and and the secondary, which has been maligned all year, they sat back and anticipated what Brady uh, was going to do in terms of his throws, and they, and they picked them off twice, especially in that first quarter. I did watch the majority of this game live via my computer, <laughs> so. I, so, as you mentioned, uh, they knew when to blitz, when not to blitz Brady. And also, too, let's put this as a factor. 
Tampa Bay couldn't run the ball with consistency yesterday, and that, and that was uh, one of their big problems. Now, on the flip side for Washington, Antonio Gibson, who's on my fantasy team, and uh, unfortunately I did not start him yesterday. He had 24 carries for 64 yards and two touchdowns. Mike Gavin's only had two receptions for one touchdown and 62 yards for Tampa Bay. Tom Brady uh, really couldn't get anything going. I think he really misses Gronk and Antonio yeah. Brown. Uh, and Leonard Fournette had a couple of drops out of the backfield yesterday. And so Tampa Bay, that they really weren't on their game yesterday. You, you could tell that Brady was really steaming. I don't know if you saw his uh, presser yesterday or lack thereof. It, it, it lasted I saw that, yeah. uh, a little bit uh, longer than a minute that he just kind of uh, exit stage left. But give uh, Ron Rivera and, and the rest of that Washington football team uh, coaching staff credit. They really figured Brady out. They were coming off a of bye week as well, so they had more time to prepare. But uh, they had a good game plan yesterday, and they worked to perfection. Yeah, it did. And look, they're three and six. They kind of feel like they're sort of like, you know, right there for one of the wild card spots in the NFC. So look, a nice win for Washington. And look, we'll see if they can, you know, if they can keep it up. And as for the Bucks, I mean, you're, you're kicking yourselves because you had a lot of missed opportunities. And look, I think you're, if Brady is, I'm sure, is probably kicking himself because, you know, some of those interceptions were kind of on, you know, on him. So, mm-hmm. you know, just a, yeah, just, just a tough, uh, a very tough game for a, if you're a Bucks fan. Just a not a very good performance by them. But I know we're up against it, Sid. So let's take a break, shall we? And we'll we'll be right back. We're going to talk about the rest of the NFL Week Ten slate. We'll preview tonight's game between the Rams and the 49ers. Also, to our studs and duds. A lot to do still in this hour. Coming up next, the Second City Sports on Sports Home Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That's going to be, we're going to say that three years from now, but at the same point in time for him, um, there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this, which is good too. Like that's what we want. We want that to happen. Download the free score app, lightning fast update. So you never miss a thing. It's why the score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the sports flash on the sports zone, Chicago. Bluestar medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. 
Welcome back to Second City Sports right here on a Monday, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We continue to uh, recap the uh, the week that was from the National Football League in week 10 action. Let's go to the late games uh, and uh, another upset that took place yesterday down in the desert. The Arizona Cardinals dropped to an eight and two record after losing to the Carolina Panthers. 34-10. Cam Newton, who was signed on Thursday, uh, made his uh, 2021 debut in a Panthers uniform, scored a touchdown, and also threw for a touchdown as well as part of a 17 uh, first quarter outburst. PGA Walker, who got the start for Carolina, was 22 of 29 for 167 yards in a, you know, even though he threw an interception. Christian McCaffrey re-injured his hamstring, but had 13 carries for 95 yards. Also had 10 catches and 66 yards coming out of the backfield. Lakina, I uh, did watch some of this game yesterday via Macaputa. <laughs> uh, Carolina's defense uh, definitely set the tone yesterday. The offense took advantage of it. Arizona had no answer. They couldn't get anything going. Lakina is muted, so we can't hear her. Oh, my bad, folks. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, look, I think Cam Cam said, you know, I'm back after a rushing touchdown. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, you know, his 43rd uh, career game with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. There's only a third, the third time in his career that he's accounted for TD on each of the first possessions. And look, I think if you're the Cardinals, you know, fool me once, you know, you're able to win without, you know, Kyler Murray and mm -hmm. uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But unfortunately, you know, in this case, it, it didn't work. This is one of those the goals games where you just burn the tape here, Arizona, because you know, Cole McCoy had a, an interception. You know, they couldn't get anything going on offense, and the you know, they the defense didn't have no answers for the Panthers. And mm -hmm. you know, look, you're you're eight and two, so look, this is one of those bad losses. But again, you know, like, you, like I said, you just burn the tape if, if you're uh, Arizona. And speaking of burning the tape, as we uh, recap our next game. Uh, I did watch some of this via Macaputa. <laughs> it was the mm -hmm. Minnesota Vikings over the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, which we called them on this show, 27-20. Mm -hmm. Lakina, didn't I tell you on Friday that I wouldn't be surprised if, if Minnesota won, even though I did pick the Chargers? Yeah. They're just oh, yeah. so damn schizophrenic. It's not even mm -hmm. funny, but yeah. excuse me. Kirk Cousins for the Vikings went 25 of 37 for 294 yards and two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, my fantasy running back, had 24 carries, 94 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Justin Jefferson, my uh, guy, a wide receiver <laughs> for fantasy, mm. doing the giddy dance, <laughs> had nine mm. catches for 143 yards. Lakina, uh, Minnesota's Davis has been hampered by injuries these last couple of weeks. You saw what happened at Baltimore last week, yeah. blowing the 20-point lead. Uh, Minnesota... Uh, off, uh, offense actually had a game plan yesterday. They stuck to it, run the football with Dalvin Cook and Kirk yeah. Cousins. Don't make any mistakes. Look what happens. You win the ball game, a tough one win on the road gets a a, a a playoff caliber type team, even though it was an interconference game. Yeah, it was definitely one of those you know games where you sort of look at it and you think, oh wow, I mean, you know, this is this shouldn't really surprise anybody. Like I said, you know, Kirk Cousins didn't make any mistakes. The defense, you know, Eric Kendricks had an interception. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
hello. I mean, that's okay. They make it either. The probably their this is probably their best game of the season by Minnesota. And look, you saw Mike Zimmer. Well, that's about as happy as you know Mike Zimmer can get in, in the presser. So, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, he looks. But, but yeah, but look, I mean, I think look, could they be turning the corner? The Vikings. We'll see. I, I mean, look, you know, could they may have an out? They if you ask them, they still believe they have an outside shot of perhaps you know going into the playoffs. Now they have you know they they play the Packers this week, so. You know that that's going to be a tough one, but uh, look, I mean, if you look at their schedule, it looks like it's sending up. You know, they have some, they have you know two games against the Bears, you know, coming up, and mm-hmm. they also play the 49ers. They got Detroit, so they could probably end up winning a, some of these games and perhaps maybe make a play for the uh, for the a, a playoff spot in the NFC. On the flip side for the Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert, he was up and down. Austin Eckler had a score uh, in there as well from the running back position, Lakina. As I still believe that the Chargers will make the playoffs, but um, uh, the problem with with the young teams is that when you're trying to take that next step, you're inconsistent. As we, I praised them last week for winning on the road uh, in Philadelphia, but you come back and have a, uh, have a performance like that against the uh, Minnesota Vikings, who are ready to be knocked out in terms of that record. But uh, this is what happens um, when you when you have a young team that's trying to. Um, uh, form an identity, form a culture. You're five and four right now. I still believe that uh, they are a playoff team, but they just got to tighten it up just a little bit. I know they beat Kansas City on the road earlier this season. You start uh, to hear the talk about it. Maybe Justin Herbert has arrived. He's still a good quarterback, but not yet. Yeah, it looks good. But uh, like I said, he had an interception and uh, the running backs also to their the secondary. They're just, you know, hampered by injuries right now. So that didn't help them either. So, but look, I think the Chargers are still capable of getting to the playoffs, so they just gotta, yeah, like I said, they just gotta mm-hmm. tighten things up a bit. Yeah, speaking of tighten things up, another upset on paper yesterday. I did watch at least the first half of this game via my computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles destroyed the Denver Broncos, thirty to thirteen. The Eagles are four and six, and the, and the Broncos dropped their record to five and five. Teddy Bridgewater did not look good yesterday, even though he had two hundred twenty-six yards passing. Of 22 of 36. Jordan Howard, former Chicago Bear, ran the ball well for Philadelphia, 12 carries for 83 yards. And Lakina Darius Slay uh, turned their whole game around uh, with a return with a uh, interception return for a score uh during that third quarter there. Lakina uh Philadelphia, can they take a page out of Chicago's book, even though they're trying to uh acquire <laughs> a, a new talent, run the ball, play defense, Jalen Hurts. Uh, make make some plays with your arm. Uh, we know that you can make them with your feet, but you can't make them with your arm. And if that's the uh, game plan for Philadelphia, they can. Uh, they're not a playoff team this year, but they can uh, throw, throw some monkey wrenches into a few teams. They're gonna have to play on their schedule uh, from um, from now on to the end of the season. Philadelphia looked more like the dominant team yesterday. Denver, outside of Melvin Gordon scoring again, they couldn't get anything going offensively. The Eagles' defense is uh, stepped up yesterday. Yeah, I, I was very surprised by that game. Lots of fumbles too. It wasn't the prettiest game for neither team, right. but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but uh, look, I, I look. I think the Eagles did just enough to to win that game. And you know, like you said, I mean, you know, two touchdown passes by Jalen Hurts, and and mm-hmm. you know, it looked re- looked very good. And you know, look, Bridgewater, you know, didn't look good. You know, he didn't have any, any interceptions, but you know, it just a lot of incompletions. You know, he was twenty two for thirty six. So that's not going to do it if you're trying to uh, at least make a play at the playoffs. So. If you're, you know, the Broncos, you know, you're at five hundred and you can't afford to have these kinds of losses. 
But like, if you're the Eagles, you could definitely, you know, you're, you probably won't make the playoffs. But like you said, they could definitely, they could, they could definitely throw, you know, you know, play spoiler for some of these playoff bound teams. Uh, the national game from CBS yesterday's uh, doubleheader action was the Green Bay Packers versus the Seattle Seahawks. The Packers shut out the Seahawks by the score of 17 to nothing. This was Green Bay's first shutout since uh, beating the Buffalo Bills three years ago in September of 2018. Aaron Rodgers, who made his return from off the COVID list, was 23 of 37, 292 yards in a pick. A.J. Dillon, who filled in for Aaron Jones, who was injured during the game yesterday, he had 21 carries, 66 yards at Two big touchdowns. Devontae Adams for Green Bay had seven catches and 70, 78 yards. I'm going to flip it to the other side. Like, you Russell Wilson, you could tell he was trying and he looked good on some on some throws, but the two interceptions, I know they were, he was trying to force the issue as Seattle, the game, that game was getting out of hand. But uh, Russell Wilson, he tried his best, but they just couldn't get anything going offensively, especially in the running game. Yeah, three times he was sacked, and this is actually their first shutout for the, the Seahawks being shot for the first time in almost a decade. So, mm-hmm. just this couldn't get anything going. You can tell that you know, you know look, uh, Tony Romo is in, in the in the broad during the broadcast is like it was going to be tough for him because he hadn't practiced only practiced for like a couple of days. So he tried, but mm-hmm. you know it just didn't work. And look, if you're the Packers, you're the number one seed right now in the NFC, and look, you're eight and two. And look, if it wasn't for you know a couple of you know. Bad, you know, bad throws here and there, and you know who knows? They probably be the only undefeated team left in the uh, in the NFL right now. And look, their defense did just enough to win. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they sacked Russell Wilson three times, and and look, you know, Adrian Amos had an interception. You know, so that definitely, you know, if you're the Packers, you'll definitely take this win. And look, another, you know, in the list of you know tiebreakers in case, especially in case if it does get to the point where tiebreakers might decide it. Yep, uh, Green Bay picks up their eighth win of the year. You're listening to Second City Sports on a Monday right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you before we get to our studs and duds from yesterday. Uh, let's review Sunday Night Football. After um, uh, pulling in with the 17-14 deficit, the Kansas City Chiefs scored 24 unanswered points, uh, which led to the route of the uh, Chiefs over the Las Vegas Raiders, 41-14. Kansas City with a dominating performance on Sunday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes threw uh, for 406 yards and five touchdown passes. He was 35 for 50. Darrell Williams ran the ball 11 times for 43 yards. He had a bunch of catches also out of the backfield. Travis Kelsey, nice to see him bounce back mm-hmm. with the with the big game. It's going to help his confidence. He had eight catches for 119 yards. Tyreek Hill had two touchdown receptions. Uh, God, I, I don't know what to say about this game. I mean, you know, 406 yards for Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. five touchdowns, and it just, you know, I, I don't know what, you know, you know Deshaun Jackson made a boneheaded play that kind of led to that, you know, burst of 24 unanswered. It's just, you know, if you're the Raiders, like, what, what, what's, what's going on here? And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just, you know, look, are the Chiefs back? Look, I, look, I didn't say they weren't going anywhere, but are the Chiefs back? You know, they're six mm-hmm. and four. We'll see, but, you know, on the flip side for the Raiders, I mean, you, you wonder, like, you're kicking yourselves because you had a lot of opportunities and you let them slip away. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened last night. And also, too, a lot of uh, missed tackles and bad tackling for the yes. Raiders. And Kansas City took advantage of it. Don't give any good teams uh, a, a, a door, uh, a crack the door right open for them because they're going to take advantage. And that's, that's exactly what happened last night. Yes, I did pick Oakland on our last show on Friday. And I said, I if they was going to... Uh, uh, they were going to make a statement that was going to be in front of uh, 
in front of their fans, in front of a whole crowd, but they just couldn't keep up. And uh, Kansas City uh, uh, put their foot to the pedal and they didn't stop. So is Kansas City back? I'm not sure. We're going to have to find out next week as they host the Dallas Cowboys and Fox's America's Game of the Week. So, hmm. But but Kansas City is going to have to do this from now on to the end of the season. Let's see if they're going to be consistent uh, being their dominant selves because it hasn't been that way over the last month or so. Absolutely. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago along with Sydney Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Before we get to our studs and duds, uh, Sid, uh, a little bit of this, you know, game in the NFC West, you know, on Monday night, you got the Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. We all picked the Rams. So where do you see this game? Uh, let's see if how Odell Beckham Jr. performs for the Rams. This will be his debut tonight. We all know that he wanted to be a Los Angeles Ram three years ago, but he didn't get his wish. He was traded to Cleveland. We all saw what happened there. But uh, Robert Woods, their other star wide receiver, he's now out for the year with the torn ACL after injuring it in practice on Friday. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s role is going to get expanded now. Oh, you still have Cooper Cup on the other side and rookie Van Jefferson. Uh, so the wide receiver uh, core is still strong. But let, let's see how Odell and Beckham Jr., how well will they get him incorporated into the game plan tonight? And let's see if Darrell Henderson can still run the rock for the Rams. Matthew Stafford, uh, he didn't have a good game last week against the Titans, so I'm looking forward to having him uh, bounce back tonight in front of a, a national audience. And it's going to be a tough game, but I expect the Rams to win. Now, on the flip side for San Francisco, as I said on Friday, when is Trey Lance going to get in there? Jimmy Garoppolo is not your long-term answer. Uh, the defense is still good, but it's been injured, uh, riddled with injuries all year. Um, uh, they, mm -hmm. uh, they have a good running back in Mitchell, but uh, just something isn't right with San Francisco. And I, right. I, I, I just, uh, <laughs> I, know I told people be, before the year started, they're not going to make it to the playoffs. Uh, it's just the same script as it was a year ago. This team is not going to get better until they put Trey Lance in there. I know Kyle Shanahan, their head coach, he's playing for his job. I get that, but it's obvious Jimmy G just doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, hey, look, we'll see what happens. You got the Manning cast tonight, so uh, I'm sure you know Peyton and Eli will have their their comments about you know Jimmy mm -hmm. G and also to Matt Stafford. And I, I think, look, I think Matt Stafford is going to want to redeem himself after you know just wetting the bed on national television. He'll have another chance to redeem himself, if you will. So I think this should be a good game because it's always fun when these two teams play you know old division rivals. So should be a fun one tonight. Yes, and the 49ers are three and a half point underdogs. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh okay, so Sid, what are you what are your studs and does, Sid? Let's see. I'm I'm going with Ezekiel Elliott from the Cowboys, two touchdowns. See, my second stud will be do, 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 do. drum roll, please. Antonio Gibson from the Washington Yay. football team, 24 carries, 64 yards, so two big touchdowns in Washington's upset win over the defending world champion Buccaneers. And my third stud will be, drum roll please, Patrick Mahomes, 406 yards and five touchdown passes in the Chiefs 41-14 to route over the Raiders. All right, sounds good. Um, my studs are Washington with their upset win over Tampa Bay. Taylor Heineke had a had a touchdown pass and threw for almost 300 yards, also to their defense with a couple of interceptions. 
Uh, we'll see how they look, you know, with Chase Young now out for the year with that torn mm-hmm. ACL. Uh, let's see another stud. Uh, Tennessee. I mean, another sort of like one of those yeah. grinded out wins. Yeah. You know, grinded out. You know, I know there were some, you know, tough calls late in the game that, you know, that you know sealed that one for them. But they did what they're supposed to do. You know, they grinded out and. And also, too, my third stud is the is Carolina. I mean, I don't think anybody saw that score coming. You know, Cam no. Newton, he's back. You know, had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. You know, P.J. Walker didn't make too – he had an interception, but didn't make too many mistakes. And, you know, and their defense was actually really good to slow down the Arizona offense. So those are my three studs. Now, what are your duds, Sid? I'll make them quick. From last Thursday, the Baltimore Ravens, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Seattle Seahawks. I have Seattle, the Steelers, and Lions for their just because mm-hmm. we all had to be a we all had to suffer through that game, and uh, <laughs> also to also to Baltimore. Like, well, what the heck? Ha- what happened? What happened? Where, where, mm-hmm. where, where were y'all? So, and now the Bears will have to play Lamar and the gang. You know, they're not going to be in a very good mood. So, uh, I'm not going to say that they'll get you know the Bears will get blown out, but you know they're not going to be very happy. So. You don't want to face a flock of angry Ravens. I'll say that. So those are my duds. <laughs> yeah, Lamar Jackson making his Chicago debut next yeah. week. So we'll get more into that on Friday. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, since we have some time left before we close out this first hour, let's uh, get into some college football if we can. As my cheat cheat sheet went blank. Um uh, before we break down some of the key scores, uh, what uh, what were some of the surprises or just something that came out of the blue on uh, last Saturday in Week 11 in college football? Uh, well, the Michigan exercised exercise those demons, you know, beating uh, Penn State in Happy Valley. I mean, that's not it easy. It was about that's, damn time. <laughs> I know, right? I was so happy for him. I'm, I'm happy for uh, Coach Harbaugh and the rest of that. The rest of the team, you know, just the you know exercising those demons, and you know, look, they look, they still have a shot to win the the Big Ten East. So if they keep taking care of business, you know, you know, all the other teams will beat each other up, and you know, it it looked, you know, they looked really good. So you know, the defense made some stops late. So I know, look, I know Penn State isn't ranked, but look, they're still Penn State, and you know, Happy Valley that was packed. So you know, you mm-hmm. definitely take that, uh, Baylor. Baylor uh, upsetting Oklahoma 27-14. I mean, what what? Yeah, what I happened? didn't see that coming. We were talking Me about neither. that quarterback, talking about Oklahoma's quarterback on Friday. Uh, Caleb she, Williams, she yeah. Because uh, considered for the Heisman, uh, he did not have a good game on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, two interceptions and uh, their defense, unfortunately, you just couldn't slow down Baylor. Uh, I, I didn't see that coming at all, Sid. So, but, uh, you know, a tradition like any other, uh, Oklahoma losing in the middle of November. So, <laughs> a tradition unlike any other. Um, <laughs> uh, Auburn, uh, ranked number 17. I talked about them on Friday. They need to get back on track. Well, they laid the, laid the big game, a big egg against the Mississippi State Bulldogs, losing 43-34 in a high-scoring affair. Yeah, and it looks like Bonex will be done is done for the year. So, you know, still, you know, still have a chance to perhaps win the SEC West. But unfortunately, you know, Nix is out for the year. So, you know, that's a tough one there. Um, let's see what else. Oh, um, Ole Miss holds off AM 29-19. I watched a little bit of that game on ESPN. Uh, Matt Curl, who you know, a lot of people think that he should be you know in contention for the Heisman, threw for 247 yards and a touchdown. Um, so you know, I, I think look, they're four and two right now. And, you know, I think they, they looked really good. Uh, Georgia looked really good. 
So mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Uh, we're we're getting down to the wire in, in college football. So a lot still be decided still. Yeah, back to Big Ten action. Uh, ranked number eighteen in the country, as we said to you these last couple of weeks. Uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, perhaps the league, continue to play in the Big Ten title game sometime next month. Uh, they did what they had to do. They destroyed the Northwestern Wildcats, thirty-five is to, to seven in in Camp Randall. They're in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West. So you know, uh, you know, Raylan Allen, you know, had one hundred seventy-three yards and three touchdown uh, runs. Uh, Graham Mertz for two touchdowns so look i think wisconsin is definitely in the driver's seat in the big 10 west division so they, they can still kind of sneak in there too so you know i think wisconsin's getting hot at the right time and yes they are and to west coast football i know you love your west coast football the number 25 run utah youths uh, they uh, just, uh they get by arizona 38 29 yeah yeah you know, Utah, you know, look, they're, they're right there in the big, in the Pac-12 South, I should say. So mm -hmm. they're definitely uh, in the driver's seat there. Uh, Oregon with, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't talk about hundred percent of folks that you guys can, <laughs> guys can hear, but uh, Oregon, Oregon with a, a nice performance, you know, late against Wazoo. So they're in mm -hmm. the driver's seat in the Pac-12 North. So definitely uh yeah they looked really good and look i think if you're uh oregon i think look you're you're number four and you look you look they looked really good you know late against wazoo holding them off yeah the number one team in the land the georgia bulldogs uh they took care of business beating tennessee 41 to 17 uh and back to big 10 actually a couple of games i wanted to highlight here first the number four ranked ohio state buckeyes they dominated number 19 Purdue, the Boilermakers were destroyed 59 to 17, 59 to 31. 30, yeah, to 31 in the horseshoe. The Ohio State imposed their will on the on the Boilermakers early. I did catch five minutes of that game. I said I wasn't too surprised. We talked about it on Friday. Like Kena could Purdue hang in there. They could, but I just saw this kind of performance coming. I ain't expecting Ohio State to put up 59 points, but uh, they were dominant, no, no doubt. Absolutely. Also to Michigan State with a, a nice bounce back win against Maryland, 40 to 21. And uh, Ohio State and Michigan State, they play each other this week. So this could definitely be who gets to be kind of like in, in the driver's seat, because if Ohio State beats Michigan State, then it could, it, especially if both, both Michigan and Ohio State keep winning, their clash in a couple of weeks could probably very well end up being for the Big Ten West, uh, Big Ten East title, I should say. We'll get more into that matchup on Friday, but keep this in mind. Michigan State should have some confidence because they came back and beat Michigan at home a couple of weeks ago after trailing early. So Ohio State, uh, they, have, uh, they haven't been tested over the last month. I know they were tested early to start the season, but uh, Michigan State um, and the Mel Tuckers, as we call them on this mm -hmm. show, they'll be riding high with confidence as they should, but we'll get into more into that game on Friday. Um, staying with the Big Ten, number 20, Iowa, the Hawkeyes take care of business, defeating Minnesota. The Golden Gophers go down by five, 27-22. Yeah, uh, a couple of questionable uh, play calls late for uh, Minnesota, so mm -hmm. you wonder what they were trying to do there. But, look, Iowa, you know, I mean, look, I, look Iowa has looked really good the last couple of weeks. I know they, they had a couple of bad losses, but mm -hmm. they have a – look, they lost to Wisconsin, so unfortunately that doesn't help them. They got to hope that Wisconsin loses so they can have a shot at the Big Ten uh, West title. You know, they play Illinois this week, so. <laughs> you you don't think Illinois could pull up another upset, can they? Can they? Where things, break happened. <laughs> weird things have happened. Uh, speaking of weird things happening, let's go to the ACC. 
uh, Florida State gets by the University of Miami. The Hurricanes go down uh, in Tallahassee, 31-28. Yeah, tough loss for Miami, but a nice little comeback win for Florida State. So, you know, look, it's one of those always when these two rivals, even though their the records aren't very good, but, you know, maybe they can kind of make some momentum and perhaps maybe try to get into a bowl game, the Seminoles, I mean. Yeah, in Big 12 action, Texas Tech gets by Iowa State 41-38. Just as some weird things happen with uh, <laughs> no, but no, but no, but you know what though? I think look, I, I think I know Tech, yo, know, Tech, yo, know, Tech has looked really good the last couple of games. So they've looked good. Also, too, uh, Oklahoma State uh just hammer CCU. So and mm-hmm. they look they're still right there for the uh for the Big 12, you know, to get into the playoff. They only have one loss in conference play, and their bedlam uh clash with Oklahoma in a couple of weeks. So it could Definitely be for positioning in the uh, and for the Big 12 uh, title game. Uh, going to the Pac-12, Herm Edwards gets back on track. The Arizona uh, Arizona State Sun Devils they get by the Washington Huskies on the road, thirty-five thirty. Looked really good. You know, it's probably the best that they've looked. You know, all the last few mm-hmm. weeks and just a, a lot of upheaval with Washington. You know, Jimmy Lake they fired their. You know, the Washington fired them. You know, apparently there was a lot of infighting among. You know, among that school, so you know, just and that coach is gone, correct? Uh, yep, yep, got fired out. yesterday. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, look, I think Arizona State still have an outside shot. Look, they have to hope that Utah loses. So we'll see. It's still a lot to be decided in the Pac-12 South. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on a Monday, right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in the Living Color City. Looking here with you as we review the key games from last Saturday's Week 11 action from the world of college football. A couple more scores to pass along to you guys. Um, Lakina's favorite team, for those of you that are listening exclusively on our podcast, the number nine ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They defeated Virginia. They dominated them 28-3. to <laughs> She's giving him the ex-boyfriend treatment. Uh, stay on my face. Talk to no. the hand. <laughs> no, yes, yes. I've, I've, had, I've had done that with a couple of ex-boyfriends too. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that mic drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was say, yeah. But look, look, a nice performance by the, the Irish, and you know, we'll, we'll see. But you know, back to SEC action. Um, number twenty-five, Arkansas, the Razorbacks, get back on track with a sixteen-thirteen win in overtime versus uh, the Air or Geron, soon to be gone. Uh, head coach the LSU Tigers. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Just, uh, just I, I know that they were hoping, you know, that LSU was hoping to kind of finish at a high note for him. But you know, Arkansas with a a nice win, uh, late, you know, sixteen thirteen in overtime, mm-hmm. and, and and look, I think you'll, you'll take that if you're the Hawks because you know they were losing those kind of those types of games early in the year. But they can you know go to a better bowl game if they end up keep keep winning. So. Um, going back to the ACC, you got uh, NC uh, Wake Forest, I should say, just edging out NC State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a little bit of that game on the ACC network, and you know it was actually a pretty good game. It got, it got down to the wire, literally, uh, 15, mm-hmm. 14, but you know NC State was not able to pull it out. And to wrap up the college football scoreboard from the weekend, uh, staying on the West Coast, this was the uh, primetime game on Fox. UCLA and Chip Kelly they dominated Colorado, forty four twenty. And the number 22 ranked uh, San Diego State Aztecs, they uh, get by the Nevada Wolfpack 23-21. The fighting Brady hoax. Um, but, yeah, that, I watched a little <laughs> bit of that game. Look, I watched a little bit of that game. And, look, I think that as long as they keep winning, they can definitely win the the uh, the Mountain West West. So, you know, they're kind of in the driver's seat in that division. But, uh, look, they looked really good. And, and a nice bounce back win for them. 
All right, and there's your recap from the world of college football for week 11 from last Saturday. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. You're listening to Second City Sports on a Monday right here on Sports Zone Chicago, live and in living color, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Next hour, we'll talk Bulls, baseball, and a whole lot more with our guest, Eugene McIntosh from It's the Bigs. Uh, him and Terrence Tomlin of course, is Eugene today, but both – uh, Eugene and Terrence are good friends of the show. They're good guys. They cover Chicago sports independently, and they uh, do it. Uh, they do it better than anybody else in town. So Eugene's going to hop on with us to talk Bulls, NBA, baseball, and whatever else is on his mind. And we'll uh, get into other fun stuff as well. So stay right there. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. <laughs> AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen download the free score app lightning fast update so you never miss a thing it's why the score app is one of north america's most popular sports apps i'm chuck sanders dance the sports flash on the sports zone chicago Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports. Welcome back to Second City Sports. Our number two underway. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Miss mm-hmm. Tina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG SCK80. Once again, SCK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. If you, have a, if you have a question or a comment for us uh, during today's show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your uh, questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to do something stupid or decide to troll, Lakina will give you the Beer Lane Beer Boot. Bye-bye. 
<laughs> I love saying that. But uh, join us right now to talk about the Chicago Bulls and the NBA and perhaps get into some baseball as well. As uh, uh, Him and Terrence Tomlin are good friends of the show, but we just got our guy UT McIntosh uh, solo today. Uh, he represents the Bigs media. He covers the Chicago Bulls. He covers uh, baseball, both the Cubs, and he followed the White Sox uh, during the playoffs as well. Uh, you can just follow him on social media at Stay Humble. Once again, at Stay Humble. Eugene, on a personal Yay. note, it's been a, a, a long time since I've seen your face. I'm glad to have yeah. you on this program again. How are you? Man, I'm good, Sid. Thank you guys for reaching out, man. I always tell you I'm just a DM or a phone call or a text away. So glad to be on here building with you and Lakina, man. Yeah, we, always, they, we always love it when you, we come on, Eugene. So, uh, yeah. so let's get right to it. Let's yeah, it. let's start. Let's start with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they improved Yay. their record to nine and four. They're one and one on the West Coast road trip. Uh, the Bulls defeated the Los Angeles Clippers last night, one hundred to ninety. Demar Derozan with thirty three points. Uh, a couple of observations that I took away from this game: Demar Derozan was back home, and as I said before on this program, Demar Derozan is the closer for this team. And I don't think anybody should have a problem with that. Number two, the team defense, especially in that second half in the fourth quarter, stepped up tremendously last night. What were your takeaways from last night's win against the Clippers? Oh, man, my, my biggest takeaway was just the comeback after putting up that dud in Golden State in Oakland mm -hmm. a couple of days ago. Uh, the sign of a good team is definitely coming back and uh, taking care of business, man. Not And I and give, a, give, a, give credit to Billy Donovan for – getting that point across to his guys. But also when you have veteran guys like DeMar DeRozan and you got Alex Caruso with the, you know, the championship uh, under his belt in LA, you have guys who've kind of been through the ringer and know what it takes to, uh, you know, not let those type of games get the best of you and be able to just put that stuff behind you, come out and handle business against the LA Clippers team who have been playing fairly well over the last eight, mm -hmm. what, eight to nine games. So it was good to see them go out there, you know, DeMar, uh, being a Compton kid, and it's funny that I was actually in L.A. for a couple years uh, back when he was in high school, so I got to see him play in high school, and just to see his growth from, from then to the year at USC, on to Toronto, San Antonio, and now uh, here in Chicago, um, it's been great, and like you said, Sid, he is the closer. I mean, we know Zach Levine. We know Zach Levine is a budding star. Uh, we know he got the Olympic look this summer, got to sit around with some of those guys, KD and all of those guys who, you know, are the best players in the league and got to see how they prepare mentally, physically on a daily basis to get ready for war. So he's still growing and learning, and these guys are still learning each other on the fly. But it's great to have DeMar DeRozan, who I think people forgot about how skilled this guy was. I think when he yeah. was traded, you know, when he was traded for Kawhi Leonard out of Toronto, I think people kind of forgot that this guy's a high-level scorer, and he does it. You know, with fundamentals, with mid-range basketball, and I've always told people that fundamental basketball will always reign supreme. So I'm glad to see him leading the charge. I mean, he's not going to play. You know, you're not going to play your A game, which we saw last night. The Bulls did not play their best game last night, but they ended up beating a good Clippers team by 10, and that's a, a great sign that bodes well for them going forward. What is the ceiling though for this Bulls team? They're nine and four right now. They're number they're number three in the East. But what do you think the ceil What do you think the ceiling is for this team this season, Eugene? Um, there were high expectations starting when we when we heard about the signings this summer, Lakina. When you talk about Zoe Ball and you talk about Caruso and you talk about Demar coming in, you got uh, Vuce finally getting his a full season under his belt. 
And, um, I mean, Patrick Williams went down early. It would have been great to see, you know, his growth in his second year. Uh, I think Kobe White is coming back tonight, possibly in uh, against the Lakers. So the high expectations from the summertime, I think I would be really, really surprised if these guys did not finish in the top four in the league. I mean, the East is kind of wide open right now with the Philadelphia 76ers situation with Ben, um, you know, the Brooklyn Nets situation with Kyrie being out. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee's, you know, they, you know, and Milwaukee will get them the benefit of the doubt. You know how it is coming off a championship. Once mm-hmm. you win the championship, you kind of know what it takes on um, the regular season is the regular season, not to take it for granted, but it's a grind. It's 82 games. So, you know, they're just trying to get everything, everybody healthy so they can possibly make a run. But I feel like the East is wide open and the Bulls have for right now. It's still a small sample size. You said they're nine and four now. Yes. yes. As of right now. Yep. So 13 games in, it's really a small sample size to kind of uh, gauge where this thing would be headed. I say give them about another 15, 16 games. Around the 30-game mark would be a, 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 a you know a good test to see where. But like I said, I think these guys are top four in the East easily, especially with the, uh, with the addition of DeRozan and Lonzo Ball. Eugene Mecca, Josh from Insta Bakes is joining us right here on Second City Sports Live and in Living Color City. Lakina with you right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Eugene, I know Nikolai Vujicic is uh, missing right now due to uh, due to uh, COVID protocols. But we talk about the superstars in Zach Levine and Demar Derozan and Lonzo Ball. Who else are you uh, are you paying attention to this year? A player that's flying under radar that Bulls fans should pay attention to. I have one player, but I want to hear yours first. Well, let me hear yours. I want to hear yours. Javante Green. Oh, this yeah. guy could jump yes. out the gym. Oh, I know yeah. he doesn't have the, the greatest yes. shot in the world. I know he hit two, three big three-pointers last night, but he jumps out of the gym. He made a couple of great defensive plays in that fourth quarter last night. But I like his athleticism. Javante Green's my guy. 100% said. I couldn't have said it any better. Um, you know, he's one of those guys who, you know, the things that he does, he does the intangibles. He does the things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he can knock it down. You know, this is a league where most guys, I feel like every guy that steps on that court should be able to knock down that corner three. You know, this 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 Damn. game is fairly simple now. It's not a lot of – they don't run a lot of sets. I mean, you got guys like Greg Popovich and you got uh, – uh, what's our guy down in Miami? Uh, Eric Spolstra. Yeah, Spolstra yep. uh, you know, we had Rick Carlisle. And it's a few guys who kind of still run sets, but the NBA is mostly pick and roll and, and ISO and, and, and the swing, swing, and it ends up, you know, with a wide open corner three. So I feel like Javante Green, that's the part of his game that probably needs the most work is that corner three. But I'll live with it, man. He does everything else that a team that's – trying to be a playoff team and a contender. You need those type of guys like Javante Green. And he can, you know, you've seen um, you've seen Billy throw him in the starting lineup. You've seen him come off the bench. He does exactly what Billy asks him to do. And um, it's, it's been good to see him, you know, fill that role. But I'm also, obviously, we're looking at Alex Caruso, um, a high IQ player, being able to lead that defense. Uh, he brings, you know, I, I feel like the Lakers – I, I think they may have thought that maybe they would have been able to find someone else that could do what Alice Caruso does, but he's a really unique player in the fact yeah. that the, the, and the thing that he does best, which a lot of, I think it goes under the radar for just the casual NBA fan. But if you watch Alice Caruso on the pick and roll defense, he never gets caught in that pick and roll. He's fighting through, he's fighting over. He never goes under. 
And it, it takes some toughness, man, when you talk about guarding Paul George and then you talk about guarding KD. You talk about guarding Julius Randle. Guys are who, who are – you're really at their mercy. You're not really going to stop guys like that. If, you know, they'll either have to have an off night or, you know, but you can, you can affect them. And I feel like with the high energy – and the high IQ, I feel like Alice Caruso has done just that. But it's a couple guys, man. Io, Io DeSumo, our, our, our local hometown kid, man. Um, having those three years under his belt at Illinois, I think has has helped him immensely be able to be ready to play when Billy calls his number. And it's going to be interesting. I said this in the piece I did a couple weeks ago. Billy's going to have some tough decisions to make when this team is fully healthy because, like tonight, with if um, – if Kobe plays tonight, if he makes his debut tonight, whose minutes does he take? Yeah, because those yeah. guys have been playing well together. So, um, and you know, kudos to Billy. I mean, he's a he's a great coach. His track record speaks volumes. So I'm pretty sure he'll get it together. But there are a lot of guys who are playing high level basketball right now, and that's good for the team. It takes the load off of Demar, Zach, Vooch when he gets back, and um, and Lonzo as well, man. Who I think is another guy who's kind of flying under the radar. I don't think people realize how tough of a guy he is. Yeah. He's a, he's high IQ. He passes the ball. He's a, a good defender, but I think his toughness has gone under the radar as well. What about this game tonight against the Lakers? Where do you see they're, they're also coming from a back-to-back. -back, so do you think the Bulls have a chance to win this game tonight? I do think so. Is LeBron still out? It looks I believe like so, it. Yeah. yeah. I think like he's going to make his debut from what I've heard. Uh, when they uh, go on the East Coast uh, starting Wednesday. So okay. it, it looks like he won't be playing tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, darn it. I know he loves playing the Bulls. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fortunately for the Bulls. I mean, but you, right. I feel like as a competitor, you want LeBron James on the court because that's the yes. message. You don't want to yeah. play the Lakers without them. But you also can't look at this as one of those, you know, those giveaway games. It's like, oh, man, LeBron ain't playing, so we good. You know, you come out. This is the NBA, man. You come out with a lackluster effort, you get your butt kicked. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. tonight, you know AD playing against his hometown guys. He's going to be ready to play. You know, the Lakers, you know, they've been they've been uh, uh, talked about a lot, you know, as far as the, the signing of Russell Westbrook and it not going well. And then, you know, a couple guys, Taylor Horton Tucker and a couple other guys haven't uh, made their season debuts yet. So this is one of those games where, the Bulls have to come in ready to play us back-to-back so we know how tough it is. But, mm -hmm. again, the sign of a good team is coming in and beating the teams that you're supposed to beat. So I, I expect the Bulls to come in, uh, give a better effort than they did last night, and to come away with a victory. Eugene McIntosh from Insta Bigs has joined us right here on Second City Sports Live and in Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Let's go around the league, uh, Gino. Uh, what has surprised you? Uh, or what's, uh, what team or players have disappointed you? I know we talked about, mentioned Milwaukee and Philadelphia earlier, but what's been a, uh, some other surprises that caught your eye around the association? Man, obviously Golden State, man. I, I feel like, um, yeah. you know, they've been yeah. a big, maybe not a huge surprise because we saw uh, Steph kind of carried them last year. I know they made a play-in uh, appearance in the playoffs mm -hmm. last year, but um I'm really surprised at the the level that they're playing, and I and you know it, it it just goes to show when you play complimentary basketball and everyone believes in each other and they and you you give you play your role, then it's it's kind of it's not I wouldn't say it's easy to succeed, but when you're led by 
uh, a two-time MVP, when you're led by a defensive player of the year in Draymond Green, when you have guys like that to kind of show those young guys how to play on a nightly basis, how to prepare, and how to win, uh, you got guys like Jordan Poole, who I feel like could be um, – a, a star in the league in a few years. And, you know, you had a complimentary pieces, uh, Toscano Anderson. You got Andrew Wiggins, who I feel like his skill, he's such a highly skilled player. We just haven't seen him really mm-hmm. burst out of that shell and be that right. guy that I think he could be. But when you got him as your third option, you know, that's, it's, 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 it's crazy to me. So Golden State has really been a surprise for me. Um, Miles Bridges. Yes. In, uh, yes. Charlotte. Yep. In mm-hmm. Charlotte, I feel like the, the Hornets have played extremely well. Uh, LaMelo, you know, coming back from his rookie year, leading those guys. Gordon Hayward is healthy. Miles Bridges is ready to, to you know, get his bag next year. So uh, they've been a surprise. But you know who's been the biggest surprise for me in the East? Washington Cavaliers, man. Cleveland. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say Cleveland. Evan Mobley. Uh, yes. Evan Mobley is a man. Evan Mobley is a very skilled big man. You know this. You know this is the era of uh, the three point shot, and, and uh, you know he's been stepping out, shooting it well. He can put the ball on the floor. He grab. He can get the ball off the glass and go with it. He can block shots. I feel like him and Jared Allen up top. Uh, with uh, with Darius Garland, I think that Colin Sexton. He's did he have a season-ending knee injury? Do you guys know? That's that's the that's the word. I think they're saying that. I don't think nothing's official yet, but it looks like it might be a season ender. Nothing's official yeah. yet, but I think it looks like it is a season-ending injury for them. So that's a big loss for them because he was a big reason yeah. why Cleveland's where they are right now. A huge reason, but you know you got next man up. So you got Darius Garland, who I I feel like Darius Garland has it in him to be an all NBA player, maybe not the next couple years, but a, a little bit down the line, I see Darius Garland uh, being one of those all NBA type of guys. So it's just been good to see the Cleveland Cavaliers kind of come up out of, you know, they've been the bottom feeder of the, of our division for the longest. So it's really good to see, you know, teams like that finally come out of that shell and uh, play some inspired basketball. So it's, it's been cool. NBA has been cool so far this season, man. I'm, 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 I'm happy with it. Before we move on to other sports, Gino, I want to get your thoughts on your guy. I like him too, but I know you're a big super fan of this player, Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. I know he didn't play last night. Of course, Portland lost to the different yeah. Nuggets on a roll. Um, what, what's going to happen with Dame Dollar? Do you think he's going to get traded uh, at the trade deadline, or do we have to go through this again uh, next summer? Well, man, Dame is uh, – you know, I'm definitely a, a fan of his. I'm a big fan of his. But Dame is also one of our guys, man. I've actually been able to form, like, a, a pretty good relationship with him. So I'll get a chance to holler at him every now and then. And, uh, you know, he's been he's been going through abdominal uh, pains for almost a, a little over a year now. He's one of those – he's a stand-up guy, so you're never going to hear him complain. You're never going to hear him admit to an injury. He's not that type of guy. He reminds me – of you know of an old school Chicago type of, of hooper. You know how we just we grit and grind and we yeah. gonna fight through it to the end. But man, Dame is loyal, man. When you when you when you talk about, you know, th- there's always this talk about loyalty, you know, and they'll say like, well, the franchise ain't gonna be loyal to you. And that's cool and I understand that. But when you're when you're when you're a stand-up individual, when you have certain type of morals and ethics, that outweighs anything. And the one thing that Dame always talks about, not, you know, I asked him specifically, maybe a little bit over a year ago, is like, why are you so loyal to Portland? And he's like, well, mm-hmm. man, I've always been the underdog 
you know, since I started playing basketball through AAU, you know, no one, the big AAU teams never recruited me. Then when I finally got my feet wet, you know, they came, they wanted me to come and play with them. And I'm like, no, nah, y'all didn't want me from the beginning. I'm going to play with my guys in the hood. Then even coming out of high school, same thing. He wasn't highly recruited. Yeah. Ended up going to Weber State, came out after his junior year. And he said Portland Trailblazers took a chance on him, man, at number six and uh, changed his life. And, you know, people say, well, man, Dame can go and win a ring if he went somewhere else. And that could be true. But what if he clicked up? We call it clicking up. What if he went and clicked up with somebody and didn't win a ring? Then what? Yeah. Like people, people, they don't understand that we only get to see these guys two and a half to three hours of their lives on a daily basis when they're performing on television. We don't know what goes on the other 21 hours of their day. So when you think about Dame, his life, he's been in Portland for 12, 11 years. He's got a family out there. His kids are out there. His, he's got a crib. You know, Portland is basically his city. So, you know, you kind of got to weigh the options. It's like we're fans. You know, we look too much into these guys' lives when we really don't know their, their, their real lives. So it's up to Dame, man. I feel like at a certain point, just like with Kevin Garnett, we know how, how loyal Kevin Garnett was to Minnesota. But at a certain point, man, 12, 13 years in, you, you kind of going on the, you know, you're on the other side of your career now. And it's going this way. And it's like, do you want to be the guy that after retirement, it's like, man, he was the top 75 player of all time, but he never won a ring. It's like the Shaq and Kenny Smith with Charles Barkley on, on yeah. the TPT sports yeah. show. But it's like Dame, and this is how I end this segment. Dame says, well, hey. When I'm done playing basketball, are y'all still going to care about me? Is my name still going to be ringing in? And that was a good point. It's like when they're done, it's the next guy we're going to be talking about. It could be uh, what's the kid at Memphis now that Imani Bates yep. or, yeah. or the next budding superstar. So it's tough, man. I would love to see Dan be able to play for a championship, but I feel like deep down in his heart, you know, he wants to do things his way, and I can't fault him for that. Let's go from the hardwood to diamond, Eugene. Uh, the White Sox, of course, you know, they unfortunately lost in the divisional round against the Astros. What moves do you think the White Sox can or will make in order to be right there to contender for the AL Central again next season? Oh, that's a good question, man. I think um, I, I wasn't able to because Terrence is really the – Terrence is the beat, does our beat for the White Sox. I, I did cover them help him with the coverage of the uh of that playoff series with the Astros but I feel like what they 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 got to get that they got to get the starting rotation together we saw um Lance Lynn who was uh a Cy Young candidate for most of the year but then you know he kind of had some issues later in the year you got Lucas Giolito who the year before he had this 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 outstanding year and uh the no hitter and all of those things but then he comes back and it was like it, he took a step back and you know, as far as Garrett Crochet, does he? Do you throw him in the uh, in the starting rotation next year? Michael Kopech, do you throw him in the starting rot? You know, they have to get that start. You, pitching is gonna pitching is gonna get you there. And I think they were pretty good. The, the Astros were just a much better team. That's that's just mm -hmm. what that was. They, the, mm -hmm. I think, I wouldn't say they overachieved. I think the fan base got a little too happy because they the 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 division was won in July. So I think the fan base got a look, you know, they were, they were looking too far ahead. But I think if they get the starting row pitching, the, the starting rotation down, if they add a couple vets, I think they need to get the right field situation in order. I feel like Eloy, Eloy uh, Jimenez, 
I think he's kind of settled in now. He knows, hey, man, we, we want – you got to calm down. If, if you want to be in the outfield, I know you, you're not just a, a, a DH. So if you want to play left field, man, you got to calm down. You got to let some things be, not go too hard. We need you for 162. Luis Robert, Buddings, he'll, he's going to be a star very soon. We know about T.A., uh, Yoan Mankata, um, Abreu, those guys are set in stone. So I just think they need to, to add a, a, a couple more pieces, get that starting rotation together, and I think they'll be right back there next year ready to compete. Now, you covered the Cubs for, for the bigs, uh, Eugene, so I'll ask you this. I know they got some new leadership. I think believe a new GM up there now to help out with Jed Hoyer. I know, speaking of the White Sides, they got Nick Magical over there now. He's going to make his debut next year. I saw Cody Hoyer with the Sox. He has some – he has potential. He may might be your guys' future closer for the North Side. I think you guys got the better deal out of that. But uh, what, you, what are the Cubs' offseason plans? Uh, assuming – if not if but when w h e n when this new cba uh, gets done uh, what is what are the all season plans for the north siders well that's 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 interesting Sid, because like you said that cba man i i don't i don't even think that like i was i was supposed to be at those uh those meetings but i you know we mm -hmm. had some business to handle but man to me to be honest Sid, i don't think they're going to i don't see them coming to any agreements until maybe march or, you know I don't think there's going to be a work stoppage, but mm -hmm. they're not even close to anything right now. So uh, with that being said, it will be interesting, man. If I, had a, I had a special message for Jed Hoyer after that last uh, White Sox game at uh, Guaranteed Rate. And it's like, hey, man, Carlos Correa is your guy. You need a superstar over on the north side. I know Carlos Correa I mean, it's a big shortstop market. You know, the fans want Javi back. You know, Carlos Correa's out there. Trevor Story's out there. There's a few more shortstops out there. Marcus Simeon. There's a few guys out there. But for me, I think Carlos Correa is their guy. And you got to back up the Brinks truck and you got to go and get him. I know that, you know, he'll have a lot of suitors, but you have to get that superstar in the building. And then I think there'll be that trickle-down effect. Ridley Field is always, if you ask anybody around Major League Baseball, Wrigley Field, and the North Chicago Cubs are always an attractive spot for free agents. So I think if they land a top-notch free agent, um, you know, that'll set the tone for them. But also when you talk about uh, Nick Madrigal, I feel like Nick Madrigal is what the type of player Jed Hoyer is looking for. You know, they talk about – we, you know, we saw it over the last few years with Riz, KB, Javi, with the power numbers. I mean – they just weren't getting the job done. And, and Jed's thing, now that Theo is gone, he wants guys to put the ball in play and keep that train moving for the, you know, for the next guy. And I feel like Nick Madrigal, small sample size for him out in, uh, in, in, on the south side, but he is that type of player that, uh, you know, Jed Hoyer wants to build with. So when you talk about Ian Happ, a guy who his last two months were really good, but those first three months were god-awful. So it's like, well, what do you do with Ian Happ? Do you, do you, you know, is he, is he, do you do arbitration again? Do you let him go? What do you do with him? I feel like, you know, Ian Happ will probably be back. I feel like the, he'll probably be in left field. I see, uh, what's my guy, Nico Horner. 
I feel like Nico Horner will be in center field next year. I don't think I see a, a middle infielder, Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal, just because I don't think Nico Horner can last as a shortstop. I don't think he has the arm to uh, to play that position, but I think he'll be in center field. Now, what about right field? You know I got Jason Hayward. You know we love Jay yeah. Hay. But it's like, okay, Brennan Davis is probably the top prospect in, in minor league baseball right now. So it's like, well, what do you do with Brennan? Do you do you start him up even, you know, because the, uh, the uh, damn, what's the, uh, the service time? That's out the window now. So do you do you do you just start? I feel like Brendan Davis is ready to go. So it's like, what what type of conversation do you have with Jason Hayward? Is it like, okay, he's he's getting twenty three million next year. You're not really going to be able to load. No, I don't think anyone else is going to take that twenty three million. So do you have a conversation with Jay Hay? Like, look, we'll pay you the twenty three mil. We'll keep you on the deck, but we need you to mentor this young guy. You know, you can come over here, sit with Rossi. You know, you could spot start here and there. But Brennan Davis is the guy moving forward. So it's what type of conversation do you have with Jay Hay and what's that going to be? So it's a lot of stuff going forward for the Cubs. I feel like this is Jed Hoyer and David Ross. I feel like this is their first year. Last year, I let that ride. I, I let that ride. It wasn't a good year. We all knew that thing was going to explode. Yeah, but you got to give credit to David Ross for having those guys in the first place at a point in the season. You feel yeah. me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we'll kick the, we'll kick this year to the side. Now we'll give. Now that Jay Hoyer hired his GM, now that they got everything in place, and hopefully, you know, they can get the CBA in order and get this thing rolling. And um, you know, we'll see what Jed learned from Theo and see where he can take this thing because. I don't think Cubs fan the lovable loser tag is gone, and I don't think Cub fans are 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 you know ready for that uh, being a bottom feeder anymore. And the NL Central is not that tough a division, so right. they had a little pitching, you know, the bunch of pitchers out there, a bunch of free agents out there. So they're just a couple moves away from back to being competitive in the division. All right, so let's try to let's, let's predict some of these uh, these uh, MLB awards that will be given out this week. Well, of course, we'll start with the AL MVP. You got Vlad Guerrero Jr. from Toronto, Shea Otani from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or Orange County, like like we call them here, and also too <laughs> Marcus Simeon. You know, speak of the devil, there they're your AL MVP. Who you guys think wins that? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Otani, man. I think he had that thing wrapped up. Uh, maybe a month before the season ended. I think Vlad Jr. coming down the coming down the stretch, he he made it really tough. He he came on strong at the end, but I feel like Otani's uh the double threat of Otani uh gives him the edge on this one. I agree with Gino. It's gonna be Otani uh hands down. But Vlad Jr. um if Toronto would have made the playoffs, he probably would have stolen a couple of votes, yeah. but it is Otani's award. Yeah, I agree. Otani, I think, will definitely win that. And I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a landslide. On the NL side, you got Bryce Harper from Philly, Juan Soto from Washington, and Fernando Tatis Jr. And that's the NL MVP nominees. Who do you think wins, guys think wins that? Oh, that's a good question, seeing as none of those guys were in the playoffs. Nope. But I feel like I'm going to go with Bryce Harper on this one, man. Bryce Harper's been uh, – he was a uh, – he was a uh, – he was a uh, – a sight to see this year. He, the, he, it's just the threat, you know. Juan Soto, we we know about Juan Soto, but I but I think Bryce Harper will edge him out just because. I mean, he's uh he's got he's that dual threat too. You in the outfield, he has that pistol of an arm from right field, 
And, you know, at the plate, you know, he can hit the bomb. You know, he can use all parts of the field. He can steal bases. He, he's, he's just one of those guys. So I think I'm going to go with Bryce Harper on this. Harper will probably win the award, but my personal choice would be Fernando Tatis Jr. I know he was injured throughout the year, but yeah. he really made that San Diego offense go. And cool. he made, he made especially us White Sox fans in Chicago, forget about uh, Manny Machado. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, San Diego had a very good first half of the season. Of course, we know what happened in the second half. But I will say, uh, for me, a surprise would be Fernando Tatis Jr. I think Bryce Harper will win that, but I think it's going to be a very close vote, I feel like. Uh, A.L. Scion, real quick. Uh, Garrett Cole, of course, Lance Lynn from the White Sox. You'll get a call from the Yankees. And Robbie Ray for Toronto. Who are you the guys with wins the A.L. Cy Young? Ooh, that's a good one, man. I had Lance Lynn until he kind of fell off at the end. So I think yeah. I'm going to go with Robbie Ray, man. Garrett Cole, he was good. I mean, we know Garrett, who Garrett Cole is. He's, you know, he's one of those guys. But I think Robbie Ray will probably get my vote. Um, just have, like you said, having the Toronto Blue Jays right there at the end fighting for a playoff spot. I feel like they were a couple games away. But Robbie Ray held his own, so I'm going with Robbie Ray this year. I think they Garrett Cole will get the award, but as you mentioned, uh, Gino, uh, Lance Lynn was right there until the month of August. Uh, if it wasn't for that and him being shut down and struggling in his two of his last three starts to end the regular season, yeah, he would have gotten uh, the votes, but I think Garrett Cole will get the award, especially, you know, he was affected. One of those pitches uh, was affected by the spin rate and with the right. substance and all that. He had a COVID right. too, but he did bounce back after coming off the COVID list. So I think Garrett Cole is going to get the award. I think Robbie Way will win it. I think just because they were so close to Blue Jays were, and he was one of the main reasons why. So I think Robbie Way will win, but I think it's going to be another one of those close votes. The NL cycle, you got Corbin Burns from Milwaukee, Matt Scherzer from Washington, of course, Los Angeles Dodgers, and Zach Wheeler from the Phillies. I think Scherzer will ship will probably end up winning it. I think. Really? Is is no? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. It's just, I just feel like the, if you go by the numbers, I think Scherzer. You know, this is a regular season award. This is not about the playoffs. So I it think is. Scherzer did just mm -hmm. enough to kind of seal it. I think. Although, look, I would be surprised if Zach Wheeler ends up winning it. I'm going out on a limb, and I'm gonna go with my NL Central guy and Corbin Burns, man. And is this was this his rookie year? I believe. So. I believe so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm yep. going with Corbin Burns off the strength. I mean, I saw him a couple times, and he was magnificent, man. We know about that Brewers. Uh, I can't think of the other two, Peralta, and I can't think of the other starter. But they, oh, Bob Woodruff. Brett hmm. Woodruff. They were lights out, man. And and, and Corbin Burns did his thing. So. I'm 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 a lean on Corbin Burns on this one. I will go, I'll go with Scherzer too, Lakina, especially after the uh, the trade deadline. Um, Scherzer didn't make a, a difference with the Dodgers as they were chasing the San Francisco Giants down the stretch. There, of course, we all know what he did in the playoffs, but that is a regular season award. So yeah. he was basically the replacement for Trevor Bauer. We know about his issues, but I, I'll go with Scherzer on this one. Okay. All right, you got the Rookie of the Year award. You got Randy Ozarina from Tampa Bay. Wander Franco from Tampa Bay also and Luis Garcia from Houston. So I think because the fact that you got, you know, Azorinia and Franco will probably split the votes because they both play for the race. So I think Garcia will probably end up winning this one. Wow. Well, Garcia, he he did a fantastic job as well. But I'm going to go with the hype and I'm going to go with Wander Franco, man. We saw how much hype he's gotten over the last years. People couldn't wait till he got his call up to show that he was ready to go. And he did a he did a great job for uh, Tampa this year. So I'm going with Wander. 
I'll go as Arena. We saw what he did in a short uh, sample size last year, especially uh, during the playoffs and real series. He carried that over into this year. He makes that Tampa offense go. And so I'm going to go with him. All right. And the NL side, you got Dylan Carlson, Jonathan, uh, Dylan Carlson from St. Louis, Jonathan mm-hmm. India from Cincy, or Trevor Rogers from Miami. Who do you guys think wins the AL Rookie of the Year? NL Rookie of the Year, I should say. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going with Jonathan India, man. When I went to uh, when I covered that series in Cincinnati, the Cubs series in Cincinnati, uh, he was the favorite then, and I I don't know if it was, that might have been mid August, I don't, I think so. I mean, he was he he was a uh, he was great defensively at second base. He had, he could hit with power. He could, again use all sides of the field, and uh, I think he was close to was he close to 300? I think he was yeah. hitting. Yeah, so I'm going with Jonathan India on that one. Yeah, I agree with you, Gene. I'm going with India as well from Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah I really like India and how he looked all year long for Cincy. So, yeah, oh, we got a sweep there. Uh, last but not least, the manager of the year. And from the AL, you got Dusty Baker from Houston, Kevin Cash from Tampa Bay, or Scott Service from Seattle. Who you guys think wins the AL manager of the year? Mm. I'm going with uh, Kevin Cash, Lakeen. You know, I've been pumping him up the last couple of years on this show. And no, I'll be honest, I didn't expect Tampa Bay to make it to the playoffs, let alone win 100 games. So uh, I'm going with Kevin Cash, you know, with the lack of uh, resources that they have down there. And they still play in that dump of a stadium. Why are they still there? Ooh. I don't know. But that's a whole yeah. other issue. Uh, I know they picked up Nelson Cruz at the trade deadline. But for what they did in winning 100 games and winning that division, holding off the Red Sox, uh, I'm going with Kevin Cash in Tampa Bay. No, 100 wins speaks for itself, man. Uh, Cashman is definitely the man. I would, you know, I want to go go with the black man and, and vote. <laughs> 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 you could have gotten that, that, that World Series ring, man. I but, know. Uh, yeah, Kevin Cashman is the man for this one. Yeah, I'll sweep. I pick Kevin Cash as well. And last but not least, the NL manager of the year, Craig Council from Milwaukee, Gabe Kapler from San Fran, or Mike Shit, who is no longer with San, San, uh, St. Louis, but. You know, he's nominated for manager of the year. I'm going to pick Gabe Kapler, I think. Look, no one expected the Giants to, you know, people thought this was going to be a rebuilding year for the Giants. So I'm picking uh, Gabe Kapler. No one thought that they would, you know, that they would even be a factor. So the fact that he was able to get these guys to play well and from start to finish and end up winning the NL West. So I'm picking, I'm getting, I'm picking Kapler for the Giants. Yeah, likewise, man. That was uh, that was my vote this year. I, I had the NL Manager of the Year vote this year, so I definitely had uh, Gabe Kapler one. I had Mike Shield a close two for that run that the Cardinals made towards the end of the year, and uh, definitely had Craig Council three. But yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent, Lakina. Nobody thought the Giants were, you know, they. I think uh, they they were picked to win maybe seventy three games at the most, yeah. and you know, outside of Chris Bryant, just. But it goes to show when you Brandon Crawford and and Buster Posey, I think, and Buster Posey's announcing his retirement, right? Yep. Yeah. And what's what's the other guy uh, that was part of the championship run that was still there? Uh, uh, the first. Uh, uh, shoot. Don't yeah. Know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what you're talking about. Just yeah. So keeping that core around, you know, just having that core and being able to build and put those pieces in and around them to fit in and kind of keep that same type of uh baseball that we know the san francisco giants have played in the bud black era so uh gabe kapler is definitely the man for this one 
Yeah, I'm gonna make it clean sweep. You'll be Gabe Kapala Lakina. You know, I made my, my case for Mike, Mike Schilt of, of St. Louis toward oh. the end of the season when they won 16, 17 games in a row and yeah. they uh, squeaked down 90 wins to grab that second wild card. But like you said, San Francisco, I called them the A. AARP team, but uh, <laughs> you got a couple of young guys in Lamont Wade Jr. who came up big with some hits this year, some clutch catches, and they had some good starting pitches. I'm going with Cap on this one. All right. As those are your MLB awards that will be given out this week, you can catch them on MLB Network throughout the week. So make sure you guys check that out. All right. Uh, we're here with Eugene Magachos from It's the Bigs right here on Second City Sports, live and in living color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you, wrapping up with Gino. Gino, last question for me. I know you were on our guys, Sean and Meyer and Sean Sierra on his show, I believe it was a week or so ago. I know yeah. you talked about not having access to the players yet since you're uh, covering basketball. Uh, have you been into the United Center yet inside? If so, what's the atmosphere like watching it on TV? Of course, the Bulls are, are the, uh, the story now as we head towards the winter months. Uh, they're, they're starting to, to win now. They haven't won anything yet, obviously, but the buzz is back in the city for basketball. They're 94 right now. If you've been back to the UC uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, to cover and watch a game, what's the atmosphere been like? Yeah, I've been there, man. I've been to all the home games. Uh, okay. The Knicks. Uh, Brooklyn, Dallas. I've been to, I think I only missed one game, and I think Terrence might have done that one. But, uh, man, the energy is there, man. The energy is electric. You know the United Center. The UC is like a, a it's like a, a club anyway. You know, if you go into the concourse, the 100-level concourse, it's like a party. People people come to the United Center just to hang out and party and, and, mm -hmm. and just have a good time. But now that we have a competitive basketball team back, the energy is buzzing, man. The UC is on fire, and the fans are into it, man. I think um, la the last few years, there were so many empty seats in the UC. It was not even funny, and I think that the fans got their point across to Michael Reinsdorf in the front mm -hmm. office, and they did a great job of listening. And, uh, you know, shout out to Jerry for letting his son do the work, hiring uh, Mark and AK, and getting out of the way and letting those guys do their job. So, um, it, the energy is back. It's, it's great to see the fans back in the building. It's great to see Benny the Bull, you know, mm. interacting with the crowd. And, and that popcorn trick. <laughs> the popcorn trick is getting old. I feel like it's time to, you know, to, 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 to readjust and come up with something new. But, yeah, man, the energy is there. The fans have been great. And, uh, you know, when you put a winning product out there, uh, that's all you can really ask for. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I, I I want to see what these guys do on these last uh, – what do they got, the Lakers, Denver, and Portland to finish yep. out? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if they come back home three and two, it's a win. And uh, looking forward to it, man. Last question for me. How impressive has Washington looked this year? Because I don't think anybody thought that they would be – they would look good this you know this season. I think people thought this would be a rebuilding year. And, you know, Bradley Beal looked really good. So what do you, guys, what do you think of Washington, how they've looked this year? Man, give him credit. You gotta give you gotta give those guys credit. Um, give Bradley Bill credit. He's always said that if you put the right pieces with him, you know they that could be a winning ball club. And when you you see guys like Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell who feel mm -hmm. like they weren't being used properly out in L.A. and now they come out to Washington and they're able to play freely. And then you got Daniel Gafford and all these other guys who kind of fill those other voids and do the intangibles. Bradley Beal is like my favorite too. I still think Bradley Beal is the best skilled 
off guard in the NBA. I feel like Zach Levine, Devin Booker, those guys are right there. But if I had one choice, I'm taking Bradley Beal. So I think Brad is out tonight against uh, yeah. the Pelicans. But yeah, give give the Wizards credit. They uh they they look like a formidable opponent. And you know, again, small sample size. So you know, when you get deeper into the season and no one's health, no one's fully healthy, and you see guys being able to grind through, fight through, rely on each other, um, listen to the coach, still believe in the philosophy. Those type of things are, especially for young teams and teams that are, are really kind of learning on the run. And I feel like the Washington Wizards are just that. But uh, give those guys credit. Give Bradley Bill credit for kind of scaling back. You know, Brad is one of those guys who can average 35 points if he wanted to. But sometimes it's what I tell guys. As a leader, you have to be a little more selfless and you mm -hmm. have to believe in your guys a little bit more. You're going to need them. It's not necessarily about them shooting the ball, but you have to give guys touches. You have to give guys confidence and you never know how they'll come through for you when the game is on the line. So um, I got to give Brad and the, and the Washington Wizards some credit for uh, coming out strong so far. All right, that was your team, Mac and Josh, a.k.a. Gino from It's the Bigs. Um, you can follow him on social media at Stay Humble. Once again, at Stay Humble on Twitter and Instagram. Gino, where can, uh, can they catch your work as far as the Bigs media coverage is concerned? Man, you can catch us on Twitter. We do a lot of our uh, posting on Twitter at It's the Bigs, I-T-S-T-H-E-B-I-G-S. -E uh, you can go to the website where all of our uh, written stuff and all of our videos and just all of our coverage is www.thebigs.us or just Google, man. Google the Bigs. We're all over the place. We got our guy Herb Howard uh, covering the Bears, doing our Bears beat for us, me and Terrence on the Bulls, White Sox, Cubs. You know, high school basketball starts next week, so we'll yeah. be out in the streets for high school basketball and just – we got some we got some things brewing, man. So I don't want to count our, our eggs before they hatch. Mm -hmm. But uh, we got some things coming up soon, man. So uh, you guys stay tuned. And uh, man, I appreciate you for reaching out, man. Second City Sports is the business. I told y'all I'm a phone call or a DM away. And uh, whenever you need me, I'm right here, man. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys continue to build and continue to push our culture forward, man. We all we got out here, you know. Yeah, you right got that right. Yeah, yeah, you got that right, Terrence. Oh, no, sorry, I called him Terrence. Good grief. Shout out no, to Terrence, too. <laughs> no, Eugene, right. you know, we go back, you know, me working with Ken and D, of course, Kyle and Tony Gill on the D and David show for many years. You know, well, I'm, I've known you since then. Of course, you guys are grinding. Uh, keep doing the work, and uh, we're looking forward to having you on again uh, uh, very soon. You guys keep up the great work uh, and keep um, doing things in a different way, in a positive light that no one else is doing. We're trying to do the same thing. You guys Absolutely. are definitely doing setting an example, not just for us, uh, look the people that look like us, but for, but for other people as well, and, and younger journalists and people that want to do what we do uh, coming up. So thank you for that. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll have you on again soon, okay? Okay, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you guys, and let, and I'm telling you now, the collaboration is coming soon. So you guys keep your keep your DMs open because the collaboration is coming soon, man. Okay, excellent. Thanks, Eugene. All right, take it easy. Okay. Right, you too. Yeah, love. Uh, all right, that is you. That was Eugene McIntosh from It's the Big Sid. So uh, we still got a few minutes left in the show. So what what what's you know it's gonna catch your eye this week or what what's coming up this weekend that'll that'll get your attention? 
Uh, since we have a few minutes left, let's go over the NBA schedule uh, for tonight. Uh, Lakina, uh, besides the uh, the Bulls and the uh, the Bulls and the Lakers, which I I, I think it's still going to be a good game tonight, even though LeBron James won't be will not play. Uh, I, I did catch some of that game with the Lakers and Spurs yesterday. Uh, the Lakers had to eat one out against a, a young and struggling Spurs team, but um, the Lakers have some problems defensively. We we talked about it before, but. Uh, it, it, it's a wonderful game for the Bulls tonight. Uh, the only thing that concerns me about uh, Chicago is let's not come in with the lazy attitude or let's right. just roll the balls out there. Uh, the, the same things that we did against the Clippers last night, we're going to do it uh, against the Lakers. The Lakers are a totally veteran team, as Eugene mentioned, but I, I, it's going to be a very good game tonight. And uh, I, I, it, won't, it won't surprise me if the Bulls won. It won't surprise me, but this is a good time to catch the Lakers because they still figuring yeah. out themselves. LeBron James is not going to play. It looks like he's going to make his return once they go on to the East Coast road trip later this week. Um, uh, the Bulls still have a shot tonight, and if they if they bring the same energy and not be lazy, they should get this one tonight. Yeah, they should. I mean, and we like we talked about it earlier with Sean and Jason. Um, you know, you don't want to be in a back-to-back -back, you know, with the Lakers at, at their ages. So, you know, you, you mm -hmm. wonder, will that will have their, their mindset will be. But, yeah, it should be a fun one tonight. That will be at 9.30 on NBA TV. You got Boston and Cleveland. Like, you know, Eugene said, they were the mm -hmm. Cleveland's one of the, uh, the surprise team. And it looks like Carlos Texas will be out for an extended period of time with that torn meniscus. So, he's out for the season. But I guess they're going to take it day by day once he has surgery and go from there. But that should be a fun one at 6 o'clock. The first came from that doubleheader in the, on NBA TV prior to the Bulls and Lakers should be a good one. Yeah, Denver and Dallas at seven o'clock. That should be a fun one, Sid. Yeah, um, Nikolai Jokic is back from his suspension. Of course, we mentioned uh, doing our interview with Gino from from the Bigs. So Denver beat Portland last night. Portland didn't have Damian Lillard, but right. Denver looks like it's starting to come back into form right now. They're nine and four in the year. Uh, Dallas looks like they're getting back into form. They are now eight and four in the year. So those two teams. We'll get together tonight, and, and it should be a fun one. Also, you have uh, the Pacers and Knicks uh, yeah. doing battle tonight at six thirty from MSG. So uh, it, it should it's a fun slate of games tonight. Uh, of course, you have Miami at OKC at seven o'clock, and of course uh, the Raptors will travel to uh, Portland to take on the Trailblazers. Uh, Portland's favored by two. I don't know if Dame Dame is going to play or not. We'll uh, keep our eyes out for that one. It's Toronto. They lost to Detroit at home on Saturday. So Toronto's starting their West Coast road trip. Should be a fun one. And on Tuesday, yeah, only three games, but two of them are, are the part of the NBA doubleheader on TNT. Should be a good one here. Sid, you got Golden State and Brooklyn at 630. Steph Curry versus Kevin Durant. Uh, this, should, this should be a lot of fun. Could it be an NBA Finals preview? A little early to say, but this should you be You saw the words out of my mouth. And, of course, Clay <laughs> Thompson is not on the roster yet. He's still right. working out in practice. So hopefully Clay uh, uh, Thompson should be back around Christmas or so. So hopefully the, the Warriors will be a better team once Clay Thompson gets in there. So Plus, Patty Mills you know, put up a career performance yes. against OKC last night. So uh, I think he's going to be a factor as well. And so uh, Brooklyn and Golden State will be the first game of the TNT doubleheader uh, tomorrow. The second game, as soon as my screen comes up, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers will uh, will visit Utah to take on the Jazz. Will Joel and B be clear to play? We'll see. Right yeah, now, she, they've been struggling without him. Yeah, they, they have. And I, I have to think that... You know, this is, should be a fun one, even without Embiid. Uh, the third game, you know, the non-TNT game, you got 
San Antonio and the Clippers, I'm sure Clippers would love to have that bounce back win after losing to the Bulls on uh, last night. So I'm sure they're going to want to uh, redeem themselves there. On Wednesday, you got a couple of good ones, too. You got Boston and Atlanta. Atlanta, they've been struggling. Mm-hmm. So is Boston. So that should be interesting one there. You got New Orleans against Miami. Also, to uh, uh, the Lakers start that West Coast road trip, oh, East Coast road trip, I should say, that you talked about, Sid. Mm-hmm. Going to be facing Milwaukee. That's first at the, at the ESPN doubleheader at 6.30. Yes. At 6 o'clock, we'll have the Washington Wizards visiting the Charlotte Horns. Of course, uh, Charlotte, we, we forgot to mention, they upset the Warriors last night. They did. Uh, um, I watched some of that game live. Um, they gave Steph Curry and his mates their second loss of the year. And so the Hornets, I think, as we said before the season started, like, and they'll hang around for those last couple of playoff spots. So they'll probably be in the conversation for the playing tournament for the second straight season. At 6.30 on Wednesday, we'll have Cleveland against the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, you have the Magic and the Knicks at the same time at 6.30. And, of course, rounding out the Wednesday schedule, uh, Dallas will face Phoenix for the second time this season, that's the night cap on ESPN at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Bulls and the Trail Places will play at the same time to wrap up the Wednesday night schedule. Finish up, excuse me, finish up the road trip as well out mm-hmm. west. On Thursday, <clears throat> excuse me, those a little drive. Sorry, folks. Uh, Golden State and Cleveland. You know, don't be surprised if Cleveland pulls off the upset. I, I think, look, Cleveland's probably, like we've been saying, they've been one of the surprises this year in the NBA. So yeah. we'll see how they do against Golden State. You heard here first, first, folks. <laughs> so take a look at his advice. <laughs> <laughs> take the under. Yeah. Uh, Washington and Miami at six thirty as yeah. well. That should be a fun one. I know our girl Alana Tuckara will definitely be watching that game. <laughs> yeah. At seven o'clock on Thursday, we'll have the Clippers visiting the Grizzlies. I think this is the second or third time they met uh, this yes. season. Yeah. I know the Clippers Clippers beat them a couple weeks ago in L.A. So uh, that's Paul George versus John Morant. Uh, at 7 o'clock, we'll have the Spurs and the Timberwolves boo. Uh, NBA <laughs> TV game of the night on Thursday will be Philadelphia at Denver. Like I said, hopefully NB will be back by then, but it still should be entertaining either way. And then at 8 o'clock, we'll have Toronto at Utah. And the Friday games, you've got Indiana and Charlotte. That should be a fun one. Uh, <laughs> first game of the ESPN doubleheader, Los Angeles and Boston. Always fun when those two teams match up. We'll see if LeBron will be... Should be back by then. That's that sort of the word from L.A. Uh, Boston. They've had their struggles lately. So, but mm-hmm. still, this should be a fun one between these two teams, as it usually is. And you know, ESPN is going to bring out all the big guns: Stephen yes. A., Magic Johnson, Mike yes. Wilbon, everyone. And you know that rivalry. Yeah, uh, whether how it depends on how, how the game goes, but no matter how the game goes, we're going to hear everything from 1960, the 1980s, and uh, the 20, Early 2000s. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm, the 2008 and the 2010 NBA Finals. Uh, yes. RIP to the late, great Kobe Bryant. Yes. But uh, you're going to hear all those stories during that broadcast on Friday. I'm sure <laughs> we're going to mention it again on Friday when we come back here. So, Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, Orlando and Brooklyn, that should be a fun one. Uh, Los Angeles and the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans, like we said, they, they've had their struggles lately. The Pelicans have. Mm-hmm. Chicago, uh, the Bulls, of course, finish up their road trip against Denver. That should be a fun one. I know that they got their butts kicked last time they played in Denver last year. They yeah. Lost by, like 20 or 25 or something like that. So we'll see if it's if it's a little bit different on Friday. Yep. I think you mentioned it's the Mavericks and Suns of the nightcap again on ESPN on Friday at 9 o'clock. Then Raptors and the now struggling Sacramento Kings. Uh, we'll finish out the Friday schedule. You're listening to so those. Those are the games of this week coming up in the world of the National Basketball Association. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday. 
right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you. Uh, Lakina, any other final thoughts? Uh, we since we have a couple more minutes uh, left. Oh, uh, the basketball. Are you looking forward to uh, this week, or any other thoughts that you like to get out? Sure. Uh, college basketball. We're getting okay. you know some games are, are coming up this week. Um, you know Gonzaga, Hammer, Texas. You know Texas. It wasn't a good day for Texas because they lost to Kansas. You know Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe broke like a seventy, like a sixty-five game losing streak uh, against the FBS teams, and you know it, it's just not not a good look for uh, Texas football. But you know. But you know, UCLA had a nice win against uh, uh, Villanova. Nice comeback win there. So that should be a fun one. And look, at this point, at this time of the year, you usually want to see what the measuring stick is. So, because Zaga, they still they play UCLA next week. So, oh, no, actually, this weekend coming up. So that should be a fun one between those two. Uh, yeah. So everyone's sort of starting to uh, hatch out their matchups this week in the college hoops. So I know some people are not into college hoops right now, but you got some good games coming up Virginia and Houston. On uh, 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 tomorrow, that's on ESPN. That should be a a fun one there between those two teams. Crane and the, Nebraska, they're starting to kind of have a little in-state rivalry there between those two. So that should be a fun one. That's tomorrow on FS1 at six o'clock. So a lot of great games coming up this week in college hoops. All right, and shout out to our good friend Armando. He says on the uh, Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago, Northern Illinois plays on the 17th, the best college football team in Illinois, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> we've been uh, mentioning them all year. Northern Illinois at 7-3 will travel to Buffalo uh, to face uh, that team there, checking in at 4-6. and six. That's at this Wednesday at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. NIU is favored by a point and a half. So it's basically right. at a pick them. So as we mentioned, yeah. Lakina, they're in the driver's seat to play in, in the MAC Conference Championship game sometime next month in the city of Detroit. And this will be a, another huge win for that uh, Illinois Husky, Illinois, Northern Illinois Huskies program. Should be a fun one between those two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. Um, yeah, there's some, you know, a couple other, you know, some big games, you know, also the you know, college hoops, of course, college football, like you said, Sid, with uh, Northern mm-hmm. Illinois playing Buffalo later in a couple of days. Uh, we'll see how like everything looks with uh, NFL, the Rams and the uh, 49ers. That should, I'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. game tonight. Also to the Manning cast, you know, it's back. So, um, you know, that, that should be a fun one between those two teams. Um, will we see Trey Lance tonight? You know, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we maybe. the sidelines. <laughs> exactly. Also the MLB awards, like I, like we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. they'll be, you know, they'll be awarded this week on MLB, on the MLB network. So check your local listings for those. We'll see if our predictions are right. And uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the good stuff coming up. You know, we're going into like, you know, Thanksgiving is next week. So we're starting to kind of get into a little bit of a rhythm here mm-hmm. with all these sports starting, you know, NFL, you know, they're kind of like halfway through the season more than halfway, I should say. Uh, we got college football wrapping up its season in a few weeks. Also, too, a college who's will be in full is in full swing. So, a lot of good stuff coming up, Sid. Yes, and, and that's why we love doing what we do. A couple other uh, tidbits before we uh, uh, close. We we're running up against the uh, breaking news from the world of the NHL. Uh, the wow. NHL is to postpone the Ottawa Senators' next three games because of a COVID nineteen outbreak. The league's first such postponements this season. And so well, we knew that that most of the organizations and players were vaccinated. We'll see um, 
we see what happens, how the NHL deals with that situation. And I know the Hockey Hall of Fame ceremonies tonight Yay. on the NHL Network. Congrats to um, Stanley Cup champion and former Blackhawk Marion Hulsa and Doug Wilson, who yeah, was not, finally. unfortunately, who was not on that 92 team, even though I they know. lost to, to Pittsburgh. He's going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. So congratulations to both uh, both those guys, former Blackhawks players, as they're they'll be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto tonight. Let's see if we can get Steve Larmer, who was part of that 92 team. Yes. Can we get him up in there, please? Yeah, yeah, give him some love. Yeah, I saw the I think picture. he was part of that 94 uh, New I think York so Rangers too. team. I think so. I think, I think so. You might be right. I think I see him on that team. But yeah, I saw uh, when uh, both Marion and Doug got their uh, their rings, their uh, Hall of Fame rings, and just, just very deserving. You know, Doug should have been there like years ago. So yeah. I'm glad he finally. I know he was a long time GM of the San Jose Sharks, yes. but yeah, he des finally deserves his due as a player. So congratulations yeah. to both those gentlemen. So that ceremony, I believe, is at 6 p.m. local time tonight on the NHL, NHL Network. Network. So, yes. So check yeah, that out, so, you guys. Yeah. Uh, should be a, a lot of fun. And, and you know, and, you know, Doug's gonna go all out with his speech. You know he. Oh is. yeah. <laughs> you know he's gonna gonna have jokes, everything. So that's just the kind of guy he is. I'm glad he's finally getting his due. And you know, Mary Hosa. Some people were saying that maybe he should take over for the Blackhawks in their front office because you know he's running a lot of successful businesses back his whole country of Slovenia. So. You know, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, should be a lot of fun tonight and uh, a busy week ahead in sports. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, and we'll end this with a mic drop after reading this statement <laughs> from Armando. Wilson was one of the last players not to yep. wear a helmet during his career. That is correct. That is true. You are right, Mr. Mr. Lara. Yes, that is true. Yeah, he was one of the last players to not wear a helmet to wear uh, – to to uh wear a helmet during his career not to wear a helmet during his career i should say so yeah so a little uh trivia for you guys you know if you need like you know good uh, at parties so a yep. nice little did you know there but uh you can follow me at keita mcgee on twitter and at keita score mcgee on the ig you can follow your truly cindy brown on the twitter and the ig at ck80 once again at ck80 that's s-i-d-k-i-d-a-0 that's s-i-d-k-i-d-a-0 and don't forget you can catch second city sports every monday and every friday from noon to 2 p.m central standard time Right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, every Monday and every Friday noon to to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you follow us on uh, our show, Second City Sports, the podcast version at War on Anchor. We're available on podcast platforms and. You can follow War Media at WAR Media. That's War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And thanks again to uh, Eugene Mack and Josh, a.k.a. Gino from It's the Bigs uh, Media, independent media here in Chicago. He covers the Bulls, Bulls, uh, Chicago Cubs uh, for that great site. And shout out to our good friend Terrence Tomlin too. We haven't had him on in a while. We'll get him back on the program. I know he's listening and, and watching us right now. So shout out to both those guys. We'll definitely have them back on the program very soon. And as Armando said, see you Friday as well. Mm -hmm. uh, for Sid, I'm Lakina. You know, stay safe out there, folks. And stay warm. And look, if you're not going to get vaccinated, at least wear your mask, wash your hands, and just be good to each other. This is been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. And we'll see you Friday. Go Bulls! Holla! <laughs>